Welcome to the Folktale Project. This is Dan Schultz. This week, the Folktale Project is on vacation. A well-earned end-of-summer vacation. But that doesn't mean there aren't stories to share. And this week, I'm going to bring you three stories that were the most popular over the course of this past summer. The first is a Japanese tale. This is the Tengus, or the Elves with Long Noses. One of my favorite Japanese legends. I do hope that you enjoy. Curious creatures are the Tengus with the head of a hawk and the body of a man. They have very hairy hands or paws with two fingers and feet with two toes. They're hatched out of eggs and have wings and feathers until full grown. Then their wings molt and the stumps are concealed behind their dress which is like that of a man. They walk, when grown up, on clogs a foot high, which are like stilts, as they have but one support instead of two, like the sort of which men wear. The Tengus strut about easily on these without stumbling. The Dai Tengu, or master, is a solemn-faced, scowling individual with a very proud expression, and a nose about eight finger-breaths long. When he goes abroad, his retainers march before him for fear he might break his nose against something. He wears a long gray beard down to his girdle and mustaches to his chin. In his left hand he carries a large fan made of seven wide feathers. This is a sign of his rank. He has a mouth, but he rarely opens it. He is very wise and rules over all the tengus in Japan. The karasu, or crow tengu, is a black fellow with a long beak in the place where his nose and mouth ought to be. He looks as if someone had squeezed out the lower part of his face and pulled his nose down so as to make a beak like a crow's. He is the Dai Tengu's lictor. He carries the axe of authority over his left shoulder to chop bad people's heads off. In his right fist is his master's book of wisdom and roll of authority. Even those two highest in authority in Tengu land are servants of the great Lord Kampira the long-haired patron of sailors and mountaineers. The greatest of the Dai Tengu lived in Kurama Mountain and taught Yoshitsune. This lad, while a pupil in the monastery, would slip out in the evening when the priests thought him asleep and come to the king of the Tengus who instructed him in the military arts in cunning magic and wisdom. Every night the boy would spread the roll of wisdom before him and sit at the feet of the hoary-headed Tengu and learn the strange letters in which Tengu wisdom is written. While the long-nosed servant Tengus, propped up on their stilt clogs, looked on. The boy was not afraid, but quickly learned the knowledge which birds, beasts, and fishes have, how to understand their language and to fly, swim, and leap like them. When a Tengu stumbles and falls down on his nose, it takes a long while to heal, and if he breaks it, the doctor puts it in splints like a broken arm until it straightens out and heals up again. Some of the amusements in Tengu land are very curious. A pair of young Tengus will fence with their noses as if they were foils. Their faces are well protected by masks, for if one Tengu should poke his nose into the other's eye, he might put it out, and a blind Tengu could not walk about because he would be knocking his nose against everything. Two old Tengus with noses nearly two feet long sometimes try the strength of their face handles. 
One fellow has his beak straight up in the air like a supporting post, while the other sits a yard off with his elastic nose stretched across like a tightrope, and tied with twine at the top of the other one's nose. On this tight nose rope, a little tengu boy with a tiny pug only two inches long dances a jig. He holds his umbrella in his hand, now dancing and now standing upon one foot. The tengu daddy, whose nose serves as a tent pole, waves his fan and sings a song, keeping time to the dance. There is another tengu who sometimes quarrels with his wife and when angry boxes her ears with his nose. A lady tengu, who is inclined to be literary and sentimental, writes poetry. When the mood seizes her, she ties the pen to her nose, dips it in ink, and writes a poem on the wall. A tengu painter makes a long-handled brush to whitewash the ceiling by strapping it to his nose. Sometimes the little tengus get fighting, and then the feathers fly as they tear each other with their little claws which have talons on them shaped like a chicken's, but which, when fully grown, look like hands. All the big tengus are fond of trying the strength of their noses and how far they can bend them up and down without breaking. They have two favorite games of which they sometimes give exhibitions. The player has long strings of iron cash, that is, one hundred of the little iron coins with a square hole in the center. Several of these he slides on a rope like buttons on a string or counters on a wire. Then he lifts them off with the tip of his nose. Sometimes his nose bends so much under the weight that the coins slip off. Whichever Tengu can pick off the greater number of strings without letting any slip wins the game and is called Ohana, the king of noses. Another balances hoops and poles on his nose and throws balls through the hoops or he poises a saucer of water on the tip of his nose without spilling a drop. Another fellow hangs a bell from the ceiling, then, with a handkerchief tied loosely round his head, he pulls his nose back like a snapping turtle's beak and then suddenly lets go. His nose then strikes the bell and rings it. It hurts very much, but he does not mind it. The Tengus have one great fault. They love liquor too much. They often get drunk. They buy great casks of rice wine, sling them around their necks, and drink out of long cups shaped like their faces, using the nose for a handle. A drunken Tengu makes a funny sight as he staggers about with his big wings drooping and flapping around him and the feathers trailing in the mud, and his long nose limp, pendulous, and groggy. When the master of the Tengus wishes to see the flowers, which means to go on a picnic, he punishes his drunken servant by swinging the box of eatables over the fellow's red nose. Putting the end over his shoulders, he compels the sot to come along. It sobers the fellow, for the weight on his nose and pulling on it hurts dreadfully and often makes him squeal. Oyama, a mountain near Tokyo, is said to be full of these long-nosed elves, but many other mountains are inhabited by them, for they like lonely places away from men. Dancers often put on masks like the Tengu's face and dance a curious dance which they call the Tengu's Quadrile. The Tengu are very proud fellows and think themselves above human beings. They are afraid of brave men, however, and never dare to hurt them. They scare children, especially bad boys. They watch a boy telling lies and catch him. Then the Tengus pull out his tongue by the roots and run away with it. When a Tengu walks, he folds his arms, throws back his head till his nose is far up in the air and struts around as if he were a daimyo. When a man becomes vain and carries his nose too high, the people say 
He has become a Tengu. And that is the Tengus, or the elves with long noses. And they're not really elves, but I do love this description of all the Tengu. Talking about the Dai Tengu and the Karasu and all of the children and their games and the men and women Tengus and their games and pastimes. It really is, it really is a lovely picture, one that we don't often get. And I do also like at the end, you can tell that this particular story was applied to children because it tells about watching the boys telling lies and then pulling out his tongue by the roots and running away with it. This is Dan Scholes for the Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, anywhere you like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Folktale Project. You can find us on Auto Radio, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Spotify, anywhere you like to listen. And you can always head over to folktaleproject.com where you'll find a new story waiting for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. As always, thank you so much for listening.